Music is central to our well-being. If you're listening here, chances are you feel the same. The Classical Post podcast uncovers the creativity that exists behind great music. We believe music is interconnected with other art forms and life experiences. It doesn't exist in a vacuum, but is often influenced by other sources. No matter who you are, cultivating your creativity is fundamental to being better in business and living a more holistic life. Discover more on this podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Eifert. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you find something valuable in this episode. In early 2012, the coloratura soprano Mary Eve Munger received an offer every opera singer dreams of, a lead role in a Mozart opera. But there was a catch. It wasn't a role in Don Giovanni or The Marriage of Figaro or any of the popular Mozart operas performed every season across the globe. The opera was Il Sono di Scipione, which Mozart wrote when he was just 16 years old. Munger had never heard of the opera before, but learning and performing it that year piqued her curiosity. How could Mozart write a compelling theatrical work like this at such a young age, and why was no one performing this music? Now, a decade later, that interest in exploring Mozart's early operas has blossomed into a new album from the French-Canadian soprano, Maestrino Mozart, a program of rarely heard arias Mozart composed between the ages of 10 and 16, which Munger performs with Les Boreadas de Montreal under the baton of Philippe Bourg. Over the course of the 12 arias featured on Maestrino Mozart, Munger shows us how the popular assumption that Mozart's earliest works are too simple or juvenile is just not the case. In these teenage works, one can clearly hear the maturity that composer would develop over the next 20 years. In this discussion, we talk more about the new album and the parallels Munger sees between performing classical music and gastronomy. Plus, she shares how her yoga practice helps her cultivate her voice the iPad app that's transformed her life as a traveling musician, and her pick for the best burger joint in New York City. My name is Marie-Ève Munger. I am a soprano, coloratura soprano from Canada. I live in France, and I'm singing all over the place. Let's talk about aesthetics outside of music. Where do you find inspiration to create music? That's a very good question. I... I often see music, and it's, it's a question I had to think about a bit because there's so many possible answers. Um, but my, my really, uh, the one that inspires me the most is, um, is painting and sculpture. To me, music is a form of painting on time. Like our canvas is time, and we recreate these masterpieces um, every single time so it, it's it's a really a form of sculpting the sounds every single time and then recreating it trying to to and always changing it a bit though which which i find interesting i i like to um you know it's it's the famous analogy that the, the river is always the same but the water is never the same when you put your toe in it um and and, and to me that's that's a very so I try to cultivate as much of a technical like I work a lot on my technique just because I want to have as much freedom as I can and uh, as much uh, 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 the the broadest palette of color I I can and so I'm I'm using often that analogy but at the same time I cook a lot 
Uh, I love to think of music as gastronomy, to be honest. With where, where you need a little bit of everything, you need a bit of salt and a little bit of, of zing and you need a little bit of, of, of roundness, of sweetness, of umami, if, if you may. And so I, I like to, you know, think of in those terms where you need a little bit of everything to create a complete picture. It's fascinating, the um, gastronomy connection. In fact, I was speaking to someone else recently on the podcast and they also made that connection. And it's really? and I hadn't really heard um, artists um, speak about that until recently. Uh, so I, I love that, um, uh, you know, kind of connection because it, it really helps, I think, people understand how music can be assembled or how people can interpret or how you kind of put your artistry into the, the music. And to be honest, one of the, one, one other thing, it's not really about aesthetics, but one thing that really inspires me is theater. I, I consider or actors and actresses to be composers. They compose, they, they create their own scores uh, of music with a voice and with a, and to me, that's extremely interesting. And, and I try to approach music also that way. So I try to really understand how every single note has an emotional impact on this character because every, even a, a, a lead or a song has a character, has a, has a, a deep meaning and there's there's a, an actual human being behind that it's not just poetry for the sake of poetry it's 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 much more um anchored and grounded to me and so i really try to because i'm a coloratura soprano which means you know i sing a lot of virtuosic stuff and it's important for me that virtuosity is not just for virtuosity's sake it's really about creating every note like it's it's an an emotional response to some to a thought or to an emotion to to a feeling that that comes out that way but it it needs to be created through uh i think and we we, we need as, as as performers and interpreters understand what those notes mean and and to try to carry this through to the audience yes in indeed i i'm curious i, I know you just mentioned uh, a sculpture i believe so mm -hmm. that was kind of my next question, but um, I am curious uh, for design, architecture, fashion, do any of those worlds um, of kind of the creative industries impact your music making or is it really just that art um, category that would impact uh, you? Well, I'm, um, to be honest, I've never really thought of it that way. I, uh, you know, I, I sang in, at the, in Chicago uh, recently and it it was the first time where I really understood the power of architecture. Before that, to be honest, I was not that much interested. I'm a person who loves the outdoors. I I go to museums and, and stuff, but really in my spare time, I spend a lot of time in forests. In my garden, I garden a lot. I grow stuff as much as I can because right now I'm traveling a bit too much. But I'm... I'm my my area of play is really the great outdoors and nature and and the sea i i'm learning how to sail right now like it's there's a there's something greater than myself so i so yeah to me it's mostly about art and nature really and trying to put those together
Describe a routine you have in place that helps you live a healthier life. Absolutely. So, of course, so yoga is very much part of it because I, I do find that cultivating the instrument is really part of it. And this alignment really helps me a lot. Um, but also, as I was saying, I am to, to spend a lot of times, lot of time outdoors. I, every time I have a day off, I find a forest nearby. And I go and walk for hours I, and I breathe and I reconnect with, with nature and with the outdoors. And, and that's to, that to me is extremely important. Um, I've realized that I don't really want to live in cities right now. <laughs> um, we have a house in the countryside and when between contracts, that's where we go. And we really like tons of forests around and, and, and hiking and so th this is really, really important to me and to, to my emotional well-being and my, my psychological well-being. Uh, it's extremely important. Yeah, indeed. I, I personally uh, find nature inspiring and to get outside. Mm -hmm. Yes, you, you definitely need that um, and not be in a city all the time. I, I'm with you on that. What is one specific product you highly recommend? I would say, like, I was thinking about that. I would say that the thing that changed my life the most in the past 10 years, I've been traveling with scores and scores and scores and the music for the next concert and the music for the, the opera I'm doing and the thing I have to learn for the next one. And I have been carrying, like, pounds and pounds and pounds in my luggage of, of scores. And since I've bought this iPad Pro with the Fourscore app, my life has changed. I have like in my iPad, I have all the music I can think of. I have PDFs to everything. And it's really changed my life because I can really just carry my whole library with me all the time. And that's, that, that really changed my traveling singer's life. What restaurant or bar do you love to eat at when you're in New York City? Well, it's funny. It's a, it, it might not be the unexpected answer, but I think one of my go-to, there is um, a kind of hidden little burger joint at, at, on the ground floor of the Parker Meridian. And it's oh, just like, yes. like, like they never removed it. They just, they built, a, it looks like they built the whole thing around it and it's been there forever. And they make the best burgers ever. <laughs> so I really—I like love it. that you mentioned this. I really have to go get the get a good burger there. I—I <laughs> I totally agree. In fact, um, I've been there a few years ago, and you're right. The burgers are amazing. Um, but no, I don't think a lot of people know about this. I mean, it, no, it is super hidden. It's totally hidden. It's like you—you you would yeah. never guess, and it—it's been there forever. Like it's just this kind of tiny little joint that's kind of did not disappear from the old New York City. It's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they built this whole modern hotel around this little tiny restaurant. Yeah, it's it's so bizarre. And even how you enter, like you're in that, you know, kind of a very modern um, lobby and then you have to go around the corner and then all of a sudden there's there it is. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, but the food, the food is amazing. Yeah, I totally agree. 
I mean, a, a good, a big burger with all the fixings, you're like, yeah. Yes, exactly. In fact, I know um, I've, I've gone there after um, a concert at Carnegie Hall before because huh. it's in that same neighborhood yeah. and it's just easy to go to a concert. And then if you're hungry afterwards, just go for a late night um, dinner. Let's take a quick break. Did you know Classical Post is a brand built for your pleasure by Gold Sound Media, a New York creative studio developing content for music lovers around the United States. We're always looking for new opportunities to partner with music presenters, artists, and record labels. If you're interested in content to build your community, please get in touch. Head to goldsoundmedia.com. Now, back to the show. Tell us about your new uh, Atma Classique album, Maestrino Mozart, devoted to Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's rarely heard arias composed between the ages of 10 and 16. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm fascinated uh, to talk with you about this. I love the album. I, I just have to say your voice is fabulous, gorgeous. Thank you. Well, we, uh, it's, I, I had the idea of this disc um, a few years ago. Um, I actually sang in New York City with uh, the now, unfortunately, non-existent company. It was called Gotham Chamber Opera. And um, it was one of my first, uh, my first contract. And my agent called me. I had just gotten an agent. She called me. She's like, Marie-Ève, I have this, this project for you. And it's, in, uh, it's a role in El Sogno de Scipione by Mozart. And I was like, what? How, how is it that I... This is an opera by Mozart, and I've never even heard the name. How is that even possible? And so I started looking and realized he wrote it when he was very young. He was 16 when he wrote that one. And then started searching and realized that he started writing opera, full-on operas, when he was 11 and 12. I mean, it's kind of unheard of. And I was curious to actually go and discover if you can hear the older Mozart in there. like. Is he already the, a great dramaturg or not? And I was really quite curious to try to understand how this, this young boy could write opera at this age. And also, he basically re revolutionized opera in his short life, lifetime. And, and what I discovered was really like incredible pieces, incredible moments of musical um, depth and dramatic sense and an incredible mastery of the bel canto it, it, i was totally amazed so i you know i to be honest i have to i kind of started thinking that he is there's a bit of a prejudice against the young mozart because we we compare him to himself 20 years later when he writes don giovanni and when he writes le notte di figaro but when he writes this music at this time he is doing as well and probably better than all the composers of that time. If you think of Giomelli or Piccini or, or the, all of those, like Hatze, uh, he is doing really, like, really, really well and maybe a bit better. Like, it's very inspired music. And already at that age, he 
I think he's able to really capture the essence of the of what it is to be human, and he's putting it in music and with with subjects that are really you would think beyond him, but actually no, he's not. When he was fourteen and he wrote Mitridate, fourteen, it was already his fifth opera, and and there are moments in there of incredible emotional dramatic action that like there's a poison aria that just makes me weep it's so touching and so beautiful and he's already like this deconstruct he's starting to deconstruct opera and de deconstructing the da capo arias and the and he's like composing through things and and not having a final cadence going directly into um into accompanied recit and it's like he's really already trying to re rewrite opera reform opera and he's only 13 14 15 and i thought it was really interesting to really kind of witness his his um his development because you know obviously he's 12 it might not be completely thought through they might like there's less ensemble than in in his later works it's much more aria based and but he's doing it extremely well and there's already like a real sense of of drama even when he's that age and I thought that was it was totally worth a CD to really try to present that that young Mozart that not a lot of people know. We think we know the composer. We we've heard his music so many times, and he's kind of this this idea of a prodigy. And at the same time, we don't really know his younger music when he when he what he wrote when he was young. So you know, it's it's interesting to me. Like even when he was fourteen, he, he said he he wrote Mithridate incredible opera to me he had already read Shakespeare the whole Shakespeare so of course he has a real sense of what even though it's way beyond his his own experience to write uh, about love exile uh, betrayal suicide even and and he's doing it with such incredible depth of emotional understanding anyway I'm very excited about this discussion. And rightly so. I know you should be excited about this thing. I know. It's, it's just a great approach, I think. Um, I mean, not only do I agree with everything you're saying, but I just love how um, it is kind of unexpected. You wouldn't think to just focus on age 10 to 16 and really just say, let's record that. I think that's that's so interesting. And also um, vocal music too, not just, you know, say focusing on piano or violin or that sort of thing, but actual vocal. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, there, was there anything in your, your research process, you know, because obviously, you know, to kind of nail this uh, album down and, and really focus it, I'm sure it took a lot of research yes. uh, to kind of pull it together. Um, any, any thoughts on that whole process? Well, it was a very long process. I, I did go through all the scores and all those recordings. Not everything is recorded now, much more now these days. Uh, but I, I, I went through everything and, of course, every um, soprano arias to really see if it would fit my voice. Um, and then it was a hard choice. I had my, my short list had about 30 pieces in it. Um, of, and, and then I had to really like pick, it was really hard because there's so many beautiful moments. And I, I tried to pick between what would 
actually be good vocally for me and also what would show Mozart up, what, you know, what, what are the best pieces of music and what would give a real portrait. I didn't want to just focus on the 14, 15, 16 years. I think it's interesting to hear what he wrote when he was 10, because even that there's a concertaria that he wrote um, when he was 10 and it's, it's not a whole aria, it's not a whole opera. He wrote, he took uh, one aria from Metastasio and, and the subject is quite intense. It's quite, you know, he, it's, it's about a son who's basically accepting to be put, condemned to death for something his own father did. And he's accepting to sacrifice himself. And the music has this incredible lyricism and a, a very, like a simplicity that is extremely noble. It's very incredible. It's like incredible. The, the, the aria has been recorded by many, many people, but we never actually realized he was only 10 when he wrote that. And it's, it's, it's really gorgeous. And then I, I started, there, there are some, some pieces that I finally put down. Um, there, there's one, one a full opera of that era, era that I did not take uh, an aria from just because it was very, very long and some of the best music were actually duets and I didn't have the possibility. So, so we didn't take one piece from Apollo and Yacentus. Uh, but otherwise, there's a piece for from every opera of that of that period. Yeah, amazing. Uh, in terms of the takeaway for listeners, so people are listening to this album. Is there something you have in mind that you really want them to take away after listening? Well, I just hope they 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 come out with a better understanding of. Uh, who Mozart was, who he was as a kid, and how and how he actually was always this musical dra dramatist, dramaturge. I'm not sure what the word, the, the right word is, but he he always wrote theater, even when he was really young. And I think it sheds a light, an interesting light on his later works as well. So I, I hope that they, they take it for what it is. This is not Don Giovanni, but you can hear a little bit of, you can hear the seeds of all this. You can hear the seeds of, of, the, of the Countess. You can hear the seeds of the Queen of the Night, even. You can hear the seeds of Pamina. You can hear all of, the, all of that is really in there already, and you can hear it. And so I, I think it's a very interesting way to rediscover a composer we actually think we know. So one last question. Success, uh, it's personal for everyone. What does it mean to you? Well, uh, it's probably changed in the recent years, uh, as a lot of people, I think. Um, it's certainly, I've always defined success as just being able to do my job and, uh, and have enough work to not have to like do anything else. I've, I, singing is you know, is a very difficult um, career. You're never really master of your own destiny. Uh, there, it's always about someone else who likes your voice and likes your acting and decides to hire you. But you don't have the power to create your own work. It's, it's always a bit frustrating. And so as long as I could earn a good enough living, I was really happy. And I've done that for the past 12 years, singing around and 
wherever it is. Like I'm not striving to necessarily sing in all the big houses. I've sung in some really big houses, but also in some smaller houses and I'm happy in both. So what's, what's the most interesting to me right now is to really be able to have a life that's fulfilled musically and be able to do projects I'm actually proud of. And I've like in the, in the recent two years, I have to say, I've ha I've been so lucky to be part of incredible projects of pieces that are being this rediscovered of, and that really fills my heart with joy. And the, the, the other thing is that I have a family. I have a son. I'm, we're traveling as a family all the time. We spent only six weeks uh, at home last year. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. But it's to be able, success is a, to be able to have a very, um, a, a loving family life that is, uh, that to me, to, to nurture uh, our family is, is extremely important. And that's part of the, of, of success. I think it's, it's not just about my, my career success is to, that we are able to balance both things. Thanks for listening to the Classical Post podcast. I hope you have found it meaningful and that it gave you new ideas to cultivate your creativity to be better in business and life. So let's stay in touch. Remember to follow this podcast to get notified of new episodes and sign up for our monthly newsletter for album recommendations and editorial on leading artists. Just head to classicalpost.com slash subscribe.